This is unstructured. Happy Halloween. I'm recording a little bit of an intro because today's guest is a bit of a departure. Now you know that I don't like to enter the guest before the guest comes on, but I am making an exception in this case. I wanted to warn everybody that there's a little bit of adult language in here. Not too much, but some F-bombs do get dropped, and we are talking about an adult subject. Today's guest is Rebecca Love. Now, Rebecca Love is famous for doing what are fondly known as Skinamax movies. Those are the movies that involve a little bit of nudity, a little bit of sex, late night on television. She is also a huge horror fan, and actually her life was shaped by late night television with the schlocky horrors and the crazy Skinamax. She's a perfect treat for a holiday such as Halloween. In her past, she's been a stripper, and she is currently a comedian, a gamer, a podcaster with adult-themed shows, and a gamer-themed podcast called Horror Makes Me Happy. Fits right in with the holiday. We get to learn some things like, where does she feel more vulnerable? On stage as a stripper or on stage doing comedy? How does she feel about her profession? How does she start as a podcaster and who are her influences? It may surprise you. Next show, we'll be back to normal, but I hope you guys enjoy. Rebecca Love. Hey everybody, today we have a real treat. A little bit ago, I released an episode with Jocelyn Stone. Jocelyn Stone has a show on the Adult Film Star Network, and she works for another lady, and that is Rebecca Love. Today, we have Rebecca Love. Hi there. I don't know if she, I wouldn't say she works for me. We kind of like work together. She completes me. Okay, so you're cohorts. Yes, that's what we are. Co-hosts and cohorts. You guys work on each other's show, right? Or cohorts, whatever you want to call it. That's what we are. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a Jocelyn term right there. <laughs> yeah, we're partners on a lot of different things. Okay, now you have a history that is um, more in line. I, I had to learn things from Jocelyn that she is a, more into fetish. While she does porn, her primary thing is fetish, whereas you are more... I guess on the porn side or the adult film side. Cause I'm lazy fetish. is <laughs> Well, it's so intense and, and there's mind fucking and you have to mentally get to know someone and explore those adventures when it's just straight to the point when it comes to pornography. Now uh, on that note though, I think you're most well known for what is fondly called Skinamax shows, which as a teenager and many teenagers through the eighties and nineties, so late night, television, mm -hmm. primarily Cinemax and Showtime. And those aren't really full porn. No, they're not full porn. It's softcore humping. Uh, the guy wears a sock and I wear this patch over my, my vagina. Uh, and we're just bumping uglies. Okay. So now you really, have you done more of that than actual porn or do you, well, you just do both? I, I did both at one point. I filled in for somebody that couldn't show up and I happened to live close. And for, since I showed up for that job, it just kind of snowballed into so many more with the Skinamax stuff with the directors. They really uh, enjoyed my work ethics and my cheesy acting. So, And I could memorize dialogue, so it helped. I was doing both at one point and then I, I settled down. This is like... Whew, 12 years ago, I settled down and it was a compromise in our relationship. 
he could not handle a penis in my vagina. So I compromised where I didn't have to lose my identity and I could still be in the industry. I just couldn't do hardcore porn. Okay. Okay. Well, and you probably got a lot of satisfaction out of it. Um, you seem to really enjoy comedy. You're even doing stand-up comedy. I do. I like to make people laugh. And the Skinamax movies tended to be silly. I know, if right? I remember. You don't you don't take yourself seriously, and that's the best part. It was just so much fun being on those sets. Nobody thought they were this amazing Oscar-winning actor. It, it was a nice community to be in. Well, while I was thinking about this interview, um, I was considering that. I'm like, could you consider that? Ah, Skitter? tongue just break. Yeah, it's a new <laughs> tongue just breaking it in. Um, <laughs> Let it Would you loose. consider Skinamax movies to be um, dinner theater with boobies? A dinner theater. I don't know if there's much of a plot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is so bad. The movies are so bad, but they're like cult movies. You know, you watch them because they're so bad. And you watch them to relieve pressure down there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get it. And, I, and, 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 and I'm okay with that because I understand what I'm doing, but I had so much fun doing it. And it just – it kept me relevant too. There was more exposure with those Skinamax movies than just the hardcore that was on Vivid and Wicked. I'm sure. Well, you have a full IMDb page and presence. Um now, the Skinamax stuff is all SAG-oriented, correct? Oh, God, no. No, those movies no? are rogue. Oh. They, the budget is so low, it's almost like having no budget. Uh, huh. No, it's not union at all or SAG. Uh, I think if you're in union, you can't even work for the companies that I worked for because they they go rogue on a lot of them. We shoot them in three days, and I'm telling you, it's 16-hour days. Wow. Very intense. What's interesting, so uh, to continue on the camp line, mm -hmm. you're also a huge fan of horror movies. Hello, did you see my shirt? <laughs> <laughs> is it Friday well, yet? <laughs> is that your new, oh, okay. Look at that. Is that your new podcast? The, uh, what is it? Uh, horror oh, Makes Me Happy? Horror Makes Me Happy is just an extension off my Twitch platform. Uh, I have a stream team that I do Twitch Tuesdays, and that channel is dedicated to horror. So I'll take the audio out of a roundtable discussion with my stream team on either zombies or uh, – we just started it. So it's it's just my guilty pleasure. I, I love podcasting, and it's just one of my side things because horror is my hobby. And that's what my Twitch channel is, and then I just took – the audio from our discussion there and spliced it into a podcast because not everybody has time to to watch a video or makes them aware of the Twitch channel so they can come and join our community. Well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And also um, podcasting is the ultimate multitasking thing. So they it could really... be driving to work, listening to it or anything else. Mm -hmm. And your love for Horror, I think, you know, I'm guessing that you love the heyday of horror, like uh, Halloween, Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the, the stuff that I grew up with. Yeah, keep going. Um, yeah, you're getting me nice and wet now. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, alien. It, I love Alien. Alien is fantastic. Oh, yeah. All of those. Interestingly, though, the Skinamax movies could be playing back to back with one of the horror films. Really? Because, yeah, some of those movies are scary. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying in the time slots, it's a, it's an interesting juxtaposition. If you, if you think about it, a lot of your life could be watched overnight. After 10 o'clock p.m. Sure. Yeah. I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. The only thing left is doing an infomercial. <laughs> well, you might have done some of those. I mean, do you do reads on your podcast? Um, yeah, we have sponsors here and there once in a while. I have a shake. You know, I bought a lot of shit. I bought a lot of shit at three o'clock in the morning, like a shake weight and an ab roller. And I oh God thinking, <laughs> yes, this will solve my problem. No, it's a dust collector. I. Uh, yeah, you know, my dying wish, though, is to be in a horror movie. So I don't care if I'm the bimbo killed in the first scene. It's just my bucket list challenge. You should be able to get in there. I, I'm guessing you have connections somewhere. I am guess if I went out there and, and put the word out, sure. Oh, I'm doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Speaking of which, I think you were doing a movie or are doing a movie, Frankenstein. It's on hiatus right now because uh, HBO uh, HBO started uh, not leasing any more of the Skinamax and all that. Mm. So I have that sitting on the side burner because I don't want to make something that can't be sold or just, you know, distributed. Uh so we're going to put that on the side burner or maybe we'll make it animation. I don't know. Cause animation's pretty strong right now. Like Rick and Morty family guy. I mean, there's so many American dad. Speaking of animation, that's voiceover. I had talked to Jocelyn on the side and I wanted to tell you too, or just a thought I had current hot trend in podcasting is audio is audio drama. Have you thought about doing audio erotica as a podcast? Well, first I got to read pretty, right? I'm a horrible reader. <laughs> um, it helps. I know. <laughs> but you I, could script it and write a teleplay. It's true. You're talking about like old school back in the day where people listened to their radios, like watching TV. That concept. Yes. Yeah. No, yes. it sounds beautiful. But I have read, I just read for, oh my God, I'm going to get his name wrong. Um, Christopher... I want to say Klein, Christopher Klein, and it was a short horror story. I had to do so many do-overs because I recorded them on my end, so he has no idea. I was just getting frustrated with five pages of dialogue, and I'm just like, oh, my God, can I not? I, I just, for some reason in my head, it wants to come out one way when I know I need to, like, say the sentence this way. Maybe because you're used to memorizing lines versus reading lines. Mm. It was a struggle, a true struggle. <laughs> okay well but i like this not... <laughs> i like talking to you right now <laughs> on the fly <laughs> well that's cool and i mean obviously if it's not comfortable it's not going to be a high priority now your path was i think you said that you're a waitress or you went from college to waiting to performing do you want to describe it out well i i was a waitress and my mom owned a diner a very long time ago and then, oh, waitress, cocktail waitress. Sorry. I'm like, where the fuck was I a waitress? All I could think was I was in, I was in elementary. Um, yeah, I was cocktail waitress. And then I saw a feature one night on stage and, st well, I was cocktail waitress. I snowballed to the stripper because that makes a lot more money. And then I saw a feature and I'm like, oh, how do you do that? And then I, you know. You now, when you say a feature, um, a, what, what do you mean? A headliner at a strip club. Uh, it's okay. a person that usually does movies or wins a lot of different contests. So they're well known around the, around the United States or 
now that we have the internet, it could just be internet-based, and basically can draw a crowd in. So they're the headliner and they come in three or four days, like from Thursday to Sunday, performing special, almost like showgirl style shows with elaborate costumes. I saw that and I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind doing that. So to do that, you had to get uh, infamous. So I set up a, there's a lull in the middle. There's like a two-year lull because I had a child. And then I went out to... LA and I booked an interview with Playboy and Hustler and then Larry Flint took me and I Where were you before? Uh I was in Florida. I was in I Florida, that. then I I uh went to Houston for a little bit and then I moved out to LA thinking I had to live out there to you know uh work in that industry because that's where all the jobs were. And there was great opportunities because I would have never got the skin of Max if I didn't live down the road. And then it, it just kept stereotypical. (laughs) It just kept on going down that that progression. And then I eventually featured. And that's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) You no longer feature, correct? No. um, I I don't – it just kind of fizzled out. I don't know. Something happened to my agent and it fizzled out and I was making more money webcamming and staying home and I could be with my family. So I kind of chose that over – Going out on the road, you know, three weeks out of the month and, and just staying home and being domesticated. Well, that makes sense. One thing that I find ironic is a feature in stripping then is the reverse of a feature in comedy. As in, yeah, you're right. Because the feature is the middle act. <laughs> right. And a feature, kind of but a feature is a headliner <laughs> in in the strip world. <laughs> right. So it's kind of reversed because the the features. Yeah, you're right. I never thought almost- about it. Never thought about it like that. But it's it's funny when I talk to comedians. I'm like, yeah, I've headlined at a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's one question I actually had for you. Um, and I'm going to jump back to your history too. But you've done both stand up and you've done stripping. Yes. I personally think they're very similar, and. I'm curious as to which one has made you feel truly more vulnerable and or exposed. Stand up. I thought so. Uh, It is so much easier to take your clothes off and feel the music than it is to recite words back to the audience and do the dance because that is a gift and a rhythm in such a structured world that, whew, you have to it's it's science up there it's science and it's truly hard and you're bearing your soul and your words have to mean something and you have to cut off that fat just feeling the music and taking off your clothes my god you know that came easy but bearing your soul up there with words that hurts i thought that might be the case i wonder too if it seems ironic but you're in more of a place of power stripping i think so i think so Something about boobies, man. They make people happy. (laughs) So either way, I'm still like making people happy. I'm just trying to keep my clothes on. And trust me, that'll make a lot of people happy. (laughs) (laughs) At least at home. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting older now. You don't want to see this shit drop. (laughs) Well, that, you know what, that, that is a, a concern too. Like porn and stripping and things like that. Um, for beautiful women, do you consider it to be kind of a trap? Because in many ways, it is easy money. Um, I don't 
think it's a trap. I think it has a short shelf life, but you can take that opportunity and education and be behind the camera and do other things. There's other facets off the entertainment industry. So you don't have to be in front of the camera. You just got to find more skills. So on your road of being pretty or, or all that maintenance to make you look a certain way, you need to advance your skills and pick everybody's brain. Get to know the crew. Get to know uh, the director. See if you can PA for them so you can learn that job. Just, I love learning. I love figuring things out because I know it's inevitable change and it's going to happen. Is this why you and Jocelyn are so tight? I just love that bitch. Man, <laughs> she is so amazing. Like, I just want to marry her. <laughs> oh, there you go. I just want to marry her. She completes me. She's everything. I've never slept with the bitch, but I love her so much. She's, uh, we just work. Right because she there. described doing. Really? She described doing everything you said. Um, being a PA, holding the camera down underneath when oh. women are about to get off and, and, and um, offering to work and do things for free on the set, being the person to go pick up a performer at the airport because I can drive a car and things like that. Damn it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just, yeah. Damn it, Jocelyn, you stole it. You stole it. You were there first. I actually stole it. My bad. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, and I love technology and technology changes so fast. So I've just learned to evolve. Yeah, I've heard that. I think you mentioned that you were doing cam work in the late 90s or something. When the buffer rate was 25 frames per minute. So, <laughs> you know, uh, sorry, I, I forgot we're podcasting and I'm like, we're on video at the same time. I was just showing him what it's like in 25 frames per minute. <laughs> so. Excruciating. It's it was like a flip, almost like a flip book, but a flip but it, book's faster. It rained money back then. It rained money. Now, what what are some of these revenue streams? Because I, I find that fascinating. And you seem to be one who is really always looking for the next car to get on. That is so me. I always am. I'm trying to see what the next best thing is and try to get there right before it peaks so I can enjoy the the high. When it rains, because I was there in the late 90s and early 2000s when the internet was exploding. I remember age verification. I was charging people a dollar just to make sh everybody got charged a dollar to see my nudies. And I was, <laughs> and, and that just sitting back and doing age verification, I was making five grand a month. So, wow. I know it was just mad. So, I try to find the next best thing and, and ride that train. I do webcam, phone. I, yeah. Phone, phone sex is still around, people. Some people are intimidated by the webcam. So, and it's convenient because you don't have to be makeup ready. You do have to have a vivid imagination, but you can take it anywhere. I can't always be accessible on cam. I, sure. What else is there? <laughs> I, there's, I have to look. Uh, I have my store on my site. I take pictures. I do Snapchat premium, OnlyFans. I mean, all these eggs add up to a nice piece of pie at the end of the month. Okay. Well, I think that's fascinating that you are very happy to look for the next thing and you seem to be genuinely delighted to find the next thing. Like it's a discovery process. Oh my gosh. And you're not all that, not you're all in that my worried. Head. You... Get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I 
do it because I get bored fast and I mm-hmm. I don't know if I have ADD, but I'm going to claim it all right. Uh, I'm just like, squirrel, I, I just want the next thing. I wish I could just – and I have with podcasting where I just focus in on one thing and try to get really good at it. But the problem is something over here is moving and then I turn my head and ooh, I'm on to the next thing. But podcasting has – I have stayed focused because I do absolutely love it. Now, comedy, on the other hand, I love writing. I love participating Mm -hmm. online with certain communities. I fucking hate standing up there on that stage. Hate it. I dread Hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Are you more of a writer then? I didn't know I was a writer, but yeah, I find it very – it's my zen. Okay. Because, I I mean, there are stand-up performers and then there are comedic writers. And some of the most brilliant comic minds – are in the writer's room. Why, thank you. <laughs> I wish I could be. Oh, my gosh. I wish I could be in the writer's room and sit around the table. That's where the money is, too. Uh, but I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I, I might never be there, but I enjoy it. But going up on that stage, it's just it's such a process. I can do the dance. I can do the whole rhythm and all that choreographed, structured. But <laughs> I dread it. I dread it to a point where I'm just I can't wait to get off stage. And when I get off stage, I have such an adrenaline rush and I'm just so ready to go socialize. Hmm. Mm -hmm. How about hosting? Do you feel the same way there? Hosting is a different beast. It doesn't bother me because I feel like I'm with the people. Like I don't have to, even though it's still structured, but it's a, it's a different beast. It's uh, I'm the ringmaster now. I, I can, you know, play with the audience. Is there any anniversaries, birthdays and just go off the fly. Uh, but I know it's easier to be a feature. Um, well, I shouldn't say easier. I, I, you only have to show up and you, you do your set and then you're done. And an MC, I think, is a lot harder because they have to – there's a science to the audience. And if somebody just bombed, you got to bring that audience back to zero for your next performer. Or if somebody is really good, well, then you got to get the other person out on stage. There's a dance to that too. But it seems with your mindset that maybe you'd be suited for that because there's there's mechanics involved. I like that. And you seem to be very, very uh, focused on – on behind the scenes and the structure. You said structure six times in the unstructured podcast, I think. Every time I say structure, people, you have to drink. It's a rule now. (laughs) So I I find that fascinating because I I think that you are are very mentally into behind the scenes and facilitating the creation of it. Like you might be a great event creator or coordinator. I believe you even run one with a triple X karaoke, right? I do. That one's not as – it's a hot mess, but it, it has a little structure. Oh, see? Right there. Grab your <laughs> drinks. Grab your drinks. It's a little bit organized. Uh, it's super simple. I just have to put the ads out. We have a guest of honor. At midnight, we do giveaways, but there's nothing it, – it's not a show. It's an adult industry networking, but there's still mm. – uh, Point A to B. Okay. I'm trying to avoid that word. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's great because we're, we're finding things out. And to me, the best shows are if there's something that we can discover about ourselves or Were you a therapist? Anything. Psychologist? No. Because <laughs> no. it's a bartender? <laughs> uh, no. Nope. I drink. <laughs> I drink. I, I sample the goods. Exactly. <laughs> What's your drink of choice? Unfortunately, right now it's IPAs, and it's really horrible. it's got that aftertaste. Yeah. I can't. I'm a runner, and I hated them. I always couldn't stand them. And for some reason, one day 
I had one after a, a really hard run. Yeah. When I was really in peak training, I dropped eight pounds in a run. Oh. And I hit the IPA and it tasted like lemonade on the hottest day you've ever had. And it just, this mix suddenly clicked in my brain. And that was the so, worst thing that ever could happen. Because beer is very fattening. <laughs> but I'm a beer drinker myself. So I get yeah, it. IPAs, my favorite is 250 calories a bottle. Ooh. And it's a, bitch, it tastes great. Uh, it does. It does. <laughs> and you'll love the name. It's Raging Bitch. Raging Bitch? Damn. That's probably like Jocelyn Essence in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you like it so much. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Now, um, since podcasting almost seems to be your, I'm not going to say anchor, but maybe. Maybe that's your most stable platform and everything else is kind of launching off of it or somehow tied to it. What, what brought you into it? How did you discover it? I did radio back in 2002 or three. I filled in for somebody... Um, believe it or not, Cindy Crawford, uh, the Mm. porn star, (laughs) not the, yeah. And the thing is she could use that name because it was really her name. So cease and desist letter did not work on porn star Cindy Crawford. Uh, So I started filling in for her at K-Sex Radio and Winkus, he ran the show and I was the co-host and I absolutely loved it. I didn't get paid a lot. But it was something I really enjoyed. Uh, we had a lot. We had lots of fun. There was also video. It was probably blurry back in that day because it was the early 2000s. And we had a live chat room and it was very interactive and it was a two-hour show. That I did for about four or five years. And then that business fell apart when they sold it. I I, uh, I was lost for a couple of years because it wasn't around. I didn't. I started using Now Live. It was a broadcasting software online trying to... Mm-hmm figure out that. And then I think that went away too. That didn't work. Then Katie Morgan needed a co-host and she was podcasting. And I'm like, Hmm. podcasting? Okay. So I went in and we did a a weekly show. And when was that? This was 2011, 2012. Yeah. And it was having sex with Katie Morgan. So I was like, oh, this podcasting thing's pretty neat. Well, then she stopped doing her show and I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to learn about podcasting and see if I could do it. And I was trying to bring it back to the K-Sex days. And then I realized, well, that's bad. That's prehistoric. That's not going to work. Once I started learning about podcasting and then it was all this technology based and I just got in there and I just ate it up because I loved learning about it and I loved why this worked and this didn't and how you should have your equipment and what to use. And at that time, it was up in the air about what servers to use, like Libsyn or Podbean. And and they told mm. you to put it on FeedBurner just in case. So I was like back in that part. Uh, everybody should get a high PR40 for $400. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know your sources. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you talking about... Um, Gosh, I started with what was his name? I don't listen to him anymore, but Cliff Raven. Yes, Raven Cliff Raven Cliff Ravenscraft. And then yeah. I started listening to Dave on 
podcast, uh, school podcasting. I just interviewed Dave a couple of weeks ago. You did? Shows out. Hat tip to everyone. Check out the Dave Jackson interview. <laughs> so there you go. I started listening to him and they kind of like, w- I, I knew who Dave was talking about when he was picking <laughs> on, yeah, Cliff. So I was going back and forth and I was taking nuggets from him and then taking nuggets from Cliff and, and putting it all together. And then okay. I would look online for other, you know, things to learn, but. I enjoy So that. you've technically been at it now for then six, seven years? No, I started it 2014 or maybe 2013. So Well, with Katie too. Oh yeah, with Katie. My bad. I wasn't thinking about Katie. I, I thought you meant learning it. I just had to show up with Katie. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Six years into podcasting. Well, what have you, what have you learned or what are your thoughts on the podcasting industry? Because I'm starting to really try to drag that out of different podcasters, especially the Dave Jacksons, the James Cridlins who I've had on what they see as the industry and how it is growing and your thoughts. It's not going away because you can multitask with a podcast. Mm -hmm. The thing with uh, YouTube and all is you have to watch the video a lot of times. And when I'm learning programs, the video helps, the visual does. But with a podcast, I can be commuting. They're free. Uh, some people do make money with crowdsourcing like Patreon and have sponsors and stuff. And people listen to the commercials because it helps us podcasters with our equipment, with giving you our time and putting these shows together because it's not just an hour or two. It's it takes a whole week to put a really good show together. Sometimes it, I even have titles of future shows for later on that I'm just thinking of. But you can listen to them anywhere for free. You don't have to pay. In fact, I haven't listened to my radio. I don't know. And it, <laughs> when my radio got stolen, <laughs> I I just never bought another one. I just listened to my podcasts. Not mine. Personally, I listen to tons of other ones. And I'm not that arrogant. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I digress. Jesus. Oh, sorry. I don't know. If... <laughs> my <That's> bad. Okay. <laughs> I uh, My radio got stolen, so I, I didn't listen to it. My daughter bought me a radio for Christmas. I still don't listen, but the good thing, it's Bluetooth, so now I can hear it throughout the car. Cool. And I just don't know how radio stations are going to survive or satellite. True. I found that I can't stand listening to radio anymore. It's not only that I don't. It physically annoys me. Oh, God, you got another commercial? Oh, God, you get another callback? Yes, I know that we've been listening, that we're talking to such and such a guest. I've been here for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Because they have to yeah, we're on with blah, blah, blah. Why? Because people are just tuning in all the time. I, with podcasts, you know, you don't have to do callbacks. You don't have to do check-ins. You don't have to say what time it is or et cetera that interrupts because most people who listen start at point A and they end at point B. The good thing about a podcast, you can stop too. And come right back yes. to where you left off. The radio, you might miss it because you have to do something. Yeah, and you often do. Or something happens or you're at the drive-thru and they get your order or register, whatever. Um, it, it's going real time and there's no going back. No. And podcasts are magical for that. They're very magical and I enjoy them. Plus, I learn a lot from them. So early on, who were some of your podcast inf- other well, than... Right. Those two. Well, let me just, I still have the ones. Uh, Rick Roberts, School of, hold on. Let me just open them up because I'm horrible with titles. We went over this earlier, right? With names and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just open it. Where the hell is my podcast app? There it is. Uh, Rick Roberts, School of Laughs. 
that trains mm. you in the comedy world, the business and all. Uh, I listen to Hot Breath once in a while. I listen to a lot like uh, Stream Key, which is learning about Twitch because I Twitch on Tuesdays. So I just want to be up to date on that. I love the audacity. Uh, I know he's going through mm. a struggle right now. Uh, he was my roommate at um, what? Podcast Movement. That yeah. is crazy. Tell him Rebecca <laughs> Love listens to him. <laughs> I'm sorry about his relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel's Daniel's a really good guy. He inducted Dave Jackson into the Hall of Fame while we were there. So I, I watched them do that. Oh, yeah, I I enjoy him. I and actually I enjoyed him over Cliff and Dave. Dave, but I I really enjoyed the Audacity one. Um, God, there's it's a- funny. I, I would agree with you on that, but I didn't at first. It, yeah. it took me, it took me like three or four shows to realize, you know, I kind of like this guy better. Yeah. First, he's got a, a vocal tone that's different and it, it isn't something I'm normally suited to, but then I sort of got used to it. And then I like the show actually better than the other ones. Well, I like the nuggets that come from it. I like the nuggets. Mm-hmm. So if you give me really good information, I'll keep listening, but you're right. It does have to do with the voice a lot of times. And it, it's nothing against them. It's no. just, it's what you're in tune to. And one of my new favorites that Jocelyn Stone turned me on to, and I can't stop listening to it, is, uh, gosh, why does it? Unstructured, have- of course. No. <laughs> Unstructured podcast. Oh, my God. How did you know? How did you know, Eric? <laughs> uh, hard on, uh, gosh, not, no, that's, why isn't it? Oh, sorry. I'm not trying to play it. I'm trying to go to it. <laughs> Handle on the law. And basically hmm. he takes like three minute calls and he's oh, just, you don't, you the, know, I, I listened to some of your show and I think she was going on about him. So I started listening. The most um, abrasive uh, lawyer out there. He's like a judge Judy. and I listen to these, but you're learning a lot too, but he has a lot of sarcasm when I I, I know how to read him now where you might think it's true, but it's not, (laughs) but yeah, I I enjoyed him on the plane flight. So that's cool. I mean, it's, that's one of those that I I think that having a distinct voice or method is a way to stand out. It was his method. Yeah, it was definitely his method. And so now you, you because you stuck in it. But your voice, your voice is very hypnotic, and very <laughs> okay. calm, and I feel like I'm meditating right now. Okay, you'd be well, really good at phone sex. <laughs> oh my, just don't fall asleep. I was not too mm-hmm. hypnotic. It's just hypnotic. <laughs> it's just it's a trance. Speaking of, um, actually, it's not speaking of anything. It's a subject change. Just keep a quick talking. diversion. <laughs> In public and when you're running events, I'm always wondering about certain things like you had mentioned an event that you were doing with Jocelyn and you guys were talking about, you had to be really circumspect in how you were describing things. And I could hear your tone actually change while you were saying, I got to be, you know, while you were thinking, I'm assuming I got to be careful here because there are very real security concerns. There are a lot of creeps out there. Oh, oh, like stalkers and stuff? Yeah, or just weird people, potentially. Sure, but that could, you could meet weird people anywhere, any job. 
uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I've had people that are persistent and they get our, uh, they mix it up between fan and friend and I've had that happen, but usually I nip it in the bud. I haven't mm-hmm. had anything too scary. I, I've heard horror stories from other people. I'm my mouth is pretty abrasive. Not as not like Jocelyn Stones, but <laughs> I I don't give them that fantasy that we could be dating because mm-hmm. I'm pretty blunt that I am in a relationship because I'm afraid if I even though I broke the fantasy for Rebecca Love, I have <laughs> to because if you might think you have a chance, and I don't want you to think that. Sure. <laughs> but I I like to indulge in the fantasies. I like to play. Well, that's cool. And it's funny you say that not as abrasive as Johnson Stone. Maybe I'm wired weird, mm-hmm. but I, I find it amusing. I, I don't think of either of you as abrasive at all. You might be pushing <laughs> a plane. Oh, I'm sorry. Just like it be abrasive. <laughs> I need to take that away. Strap in. Strap in. <laughs> She's going to take you for a ride. She has no filter. Like I try I to like pussyfoot around it and make sure everything's heart and rainbows and you're farting glitter. And <laughs> But her, she comes in like Ursula and, and Little Mermaid and just boom. <laughs> That's funny. Now in, in public uh, – I am curious about one thing. I'm sure that you get recognized in public. Once in a uh, blue as a kid. Okay. Um, what I'm curious about is, has there ever been a time that you're recognized in public by, shall we say, a male part of a couple? And you could tell that you're recognized in public by the male part, but he's actively trying to not recognize you? I'm, obliv- I'm oblivious to those situations. Like, I, I live in a bubble. But there was this one time... I was at the bar with my parents and I oh, I think we just ordered a round or whatever and and this guy that grew up in my hometown comes over and he sits did he sit yeah he sat on my mom's lap like he wasn't all the way on her but sat on, he goes do you know I have seen your daughter naked and I am just thank god I told my parents right so they already <laughs> got filled in and and I'm just like, I am so sorry, mom. And he was just wasted and drunk. And I, and he, he, we grew up together. I didn't know him that well. But at the same time, I guess my parents knew him better than I did. And my parents just blew it off. But yeah, that happened. Or I've <laughs> been at the airport and somebody's came up to me. And they actually tapped me on the shoulder and was like, are you Rebecca Love? I'm like, yes. Shh, don't tell anyone. You know, because I, <laughs> I don't want everybody to know my dirtiness, my shame. So, I, I that it's happened a few times. The red hair kind. Of, oh, there's another one. Now that we're on there, I was gambling at Red Rock, and I have really bright red hair, especially when it's straight out mm. of the box that day. And we were, <laughs> we were playing blackjack, or no, not blackjack. I'm sorry. It, like it fucking matters. We were playing. We were gambling uh, three card poker. And this guy comes over and he recognized me. I guess the hair kind of bam. And it was <laughs> during the peak of my career. So he comes over and he goes, excuse me, are you Rebecca Love? Now the whole table. We've been gambling for an hour altogether, right? I've been avoiding, <laughs> what do you do for a living? I try to avoid that like the plague. It's one of my pet peeves when people go, so what do you do for a living? Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, literally, yes. I I try to avoid that and say everything but the actress part. Mm. So 
I'm like, yeah. So I signed his napkin and then, well, I, I stepped away from the table and I signed his napkin. And then he went away, but I came back to the table and they were just like, are you somebody famous? <laughs> and I'm just like, mm, maybe infamous, but not famous. No. And they go, who are you? I go, I do those B movies that you see on like late night. I didn't want to tell them. I take penis in my vagina. I haven't <laughs> done anal yet, but I'm looking into it. Uh, I I didn't want to do that. I mm-hmm. I I can be uncomfortable comfortable for people, but I could see the husbands looking at me going, "She's talking about exotic stuff. She <laughs> she's talking about erotica. I know it. I did notice those looks. Hmm. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. This. To me, the Skinamax, though, probably was in a way great to have because you could direct that that was the level. Um, I don't think anybody should have to be embarrassed by doing whatever they do. People work for a living. They just went through that with um, the Cosby actor, Gregory. I forgot his name. They saw him at Trader Joe's. He was on the Cosby show. Yeah. And somebody saw him at Trader Joe's. He was a cashier and they they took pictures of him. Like, Look at this. He was on the Cosby show and now he's, uh, you know, bagging groceries at, at Trader Joe's. And fortunately, the backlash. So he went, has a job. Is that what you're right. saying? Good exactly. for him. <laughs> exactly. And fortunately, the backlash went against the people who were kind of trying to shame him. The saying, trolls. Yeah. This yeah. is work. How How is one form of work better or more honorable than another form of work? You know, how, how dare you? Very noble to be a cashier after you've had one of those jobs where you can lose sight and, and think you're more, you're special and all sure. that. So I, I applaud him for that. Um, I'm, I'm never embarrassed about what I do. I'm more, I don't want to put normies in an uncomfortable situation. Hmm. Okay. Or let alone defend myself because this mama bear bites. And I will <laughs> tell you, like when my aunt found out that I did porn and all that, she's like, did your boyfriend make you do it? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I told him I was going to do it. And he had mm. an option to stay or leave. It was my decision. And it's hard. It was hard for my aunt to wrap her brain around that. She thought I was pimped out. Was that... It can't be easy with relationships all the time, though, is it? Or was it? it it's a struggle, it's, but there's a communication that you have to keep up. Uh, it's, I'm going to say, on an individual basis. Every relationship's different, so I can't tell somebody it's going to work because I don't know their dynamics. Well, I was wondering, too, if you faced issues in the past with covert contracts. And by that, I mean, you would meet somebody, you think, oh, you know, we're just talking, having a good time or whatever. And in his mind, he's thinking, oh, I paid four drinks for you for the past three weeks. You're going to sleep with me because, well, you do porn anyway. Did you ever run into any of those type of situations where you didn't make any kind of contract or anything? You're just, oh, I'm doing this. I'm having a good time. But he has ideas and plans for you that you never knew you had. Well, I usually fuck on the first date anyway, so (laughs) my bad. But uh, I think it's harder to sleep with a porn star because she has a big fat check at the end of it. Two drinks are not going to work. Now, if you might (laughs) buy her a Gucci purse, I'm going to say you're getting laid. Uh, Yeah, porn stars don't think that way. In fact, their job is to have sex. That's probably Mm -hmm. the last thing they're thinking about unless they're a nymphomaniac and then – 
more power to you. I hope you survive and get the t-shirt. <laughs> well, from what I've read and seen, and I mentioned Jocelyn too, to me, the I, I would never want to be on a porn set because oh, it yeah. seems like the most boring, excruciating thing in the world to see how the sausage You don't want to know. I mean, definite pun intended. It, <laughs> it, well, we make the sausage. Uh, <laughs> it's so boring. It'll lose its glamour, the sparkle, because it is very clinical when you're on that set. It's a business and it's ran as such. And I'm sure that you spend half your time cramped in a weird position because the camera's got to be one way or another. Oh, and yes. It, and for the guy, I could, I could never imagine, um, I hate to be rude, but how in the hell would you keep it up through I help all the <laughs> like some girls didn't help in between cuts and stuff. You were on your own and you just jerk it off over in the corner. But I would stay there and be like, all right, what do you like? Because we're gonna keep this shit going. Cause as soon as they get those cameras <laughs> readjusted and we're on to FP2, which is fuck position two. I'm going to get back because think about it. You don't want to be there all day. So let's get that scene going. And I don't want to break, break, break the chemistry because I'm enjoying myself. I want it to be a good work day. Plus they'll recommend you for other jobs. It's a great Uh, calling card. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hate to call back. Jocelyn, I know that she works at that too. You guys are like a, each other's spirit animal. Right. We are. I told you. I think by a certain age, if we're both not married, I think we're just going to go to the chapel. It could be drive through I don't care. On, on that note, how I may have you both on. So it's like, shoot, should I spoil this or not? But just to be careful or get it out there. How did you guys meet? Through a mutual friend, Kid Dynamite. Kid Dynamite kept on trying to introduce us. She was his porn mom. So he would go to her whenever he had problems and she'd help him out in the situation. And now we're just a tight unit family. Uh, she, He kept on trying to get us together and we, whatever, we just never. Then I needed a guest. I didn't have a co-host for this one place. There was There was another place that I was, right after the podcast thing of Katie, there was this two-month spurt at this other place that was looking for a radio host. So I needed a co-host. They wanted me to run my own show. So I needed a co-host. She actually filled in because my guest didn't show up. And then you know how it just hits you that this is my missing piece because she would have so much information and a different perspective. Instead of agreeing with me, she would go, oh, no, think of it this way. Mm. And it was it was it was not a no, but, but it was still a yes. And, and mm-hmm. she built off of it, but she edumacated me. Plus she's a dominatrix here we got an adult (laughs) film star and a dominatrix and i'm not thinking at that level so we answer a lot of each other's questions that we think the listener would be asking it was just a beautiful dynamic i i found her (laughs) i'm not gonna let that one go well that's cool and i think with the two of you especially when you got it it's like a one plus one equals three yeah all right i'll take it i'm gonna put that one in my pocket so (laughs) So that's what happened. And then when I started doing the podcast, I was going to put her on a separate show so we could have more shows on Adult Film Star Network. And again, co-hosts don't show up. We started working together. I'm like, fuck it. I'll be your co-host and you be mine. And I think it's such a neat um, situation. And before I start wrapping things up, where's Adult Film Star Network going? What's coming up? Uh, well, that's where we put educa- educational educational uh 
adult industry, sexuality podcast. Like she teaches about fetish. I teach about the adult industry. We have another one, uh, porn and coffee on that network that teaches, uh, interviews. It's more interview based about company owners and they pick their brains. Mm. So it's a very educational, educational place to go. If you're trying to learn about the industry or the community. Oh, awesome. So you, that's the business end, how to break in. That's the to, business end. How to get things in. You are saying how to live the lifestyle or how to deal with situations as they come up. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly it. That's what we do. And it's just fun. There's a lot of comedy involved. It, it just happens naturally, naturally, but there's structure and you'll get a lot of nuggets out of it. There's structure again. <laughs> <gasps> Drink, everybody, drink. <laughs> and what's coming up next for Rebecca Love? Oh, my God. Okay. Um, Jocelyn and I are going to put together a comedy show here in Las Vegas, but that's all I can tell you right now. I'd have to kill you because we are just laying out the format. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm very excited about that because I do like producing. Well, cool then. That gives everybody a reason to start following you. And where can they find really? you? Really? If they're not following me by now, shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. Who the fuck is that bitch? <laughs> is it Rebecca Love everywhere? Everywhere. Well, you can find me. I'm on the first page of Google. Just look up Rebecca Love. You can't miss me. Okay. What's your favorite platform on that? Twitter, Facebook, what? Did you say the Twitter? Did you say the Twitter? I did not. I'm not old. Okay. Well, I'm old in yeah. comparison to you, but... <laughs> Uh-uh, I'm sure we're in the same age bracket. We're in there. Um, uh, the my favorite platform probably Twitter. Cool. Probably Twitter. So everybody, at least follow her on Twitter, and you will be yeah Rebecca Love Triple X on Twitter, and you will be edumacated. Edumacated. This white trash whore will edumacate you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for letting me listening to your voice, Eric. <laughs> now, tonight's adventure into the unknown. Shut, Shut up, up and sit down. down. Hey, it's Sarge. And Frenzy. From the Sarge Approved Podcast. Uh, if you're not familiar... The Sergeant Proof Podcast has a guest every episode featuring uh, people like actors, comedians, uh, survival experts, authors, martial arts experts, basically a whole gamut of badass people. Yes. And you can check out all our episodes on all the podcast platforms, iTunes, Spreaker, uh, uh, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio. Um, yeah. You can check us out on all our social media, Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, all the things. It's all at Sarge Approved. Yep. Check it out, and we hope you enjoy it. Bye. Later, fuckers.